Today we find ourselves following up after feeding the 5,000 with a story of, that we all know. It's the Gospel of Matthew. It's the 22nd verse. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's the Gospel of Matthew, the 14th chapter, the 22nd verse through the 33rd verse. Hear these words. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up to a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come on, Jesus said. And Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to seek, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever-equipping God, as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts, that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. May I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we, as your people, have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. I had the blessing to be in the backyard of a little boy recently. It was probably three or four weeks ago. And I watched. He has a playset, one of those fort playsets that has the swings and the monkey bars and all those things on them. And, and I watched as he crawled up the ladder and he just looked. Before him were the, the rails of the monkey bars. To his right was his father. And I could see in his eyes, he's not a personality like his papa. He's a personality that is cautious. He doesn't just jump out and do things. And I could see him evaluating the risk versus the reward of trying to do the monkey bars. Have you ever faced a challenge like that in your life? Do you remember facing even the simplest challenge like that in your life? The, the, the courage to, to step from that ladder on those monkey bars to reach out and grab the first rung and then swing, hopefully, to the second? And then after you hit to the second, you're praying that your body weight doesn't undo your hand and you swing to the third? I mean, how many challenges of our, in our life have we faced where we really just jumped off the ladder and went at it? I could tell in his heart he was ready to go, but his mind was telling him, eh, 
not sure you can do this, big boy. And he started. And he went across and he swung one and he swung two and he swung three and he had two more to go and he looked over at the crowd and he fell off. How many of us face challenges in our lives? How many of us face challenges in our lives where we're not sure we can even keep our head above the water? I know with you that life, we've, we've overcome monkey bars a long time ago. I mean, I'm not sure I want to do the monkey bars now, but we've overcome monkey bars a long time ago. But yet every day of our lives, we face a challenge. We face challenges where God asks us to be more than it is who, than who we think we are. Did you hear me? Every day we face challenges in our lives where God presents situations in our lives where God asks us to be more than who it is we believe we are. Because our God knows us, our God made us, our God shaped us, our God formed us. And I've heard this sermon preached and I've preached this sermon about Peter. Shame on Peter. He didn't keep his eyes on Jesus. This This text has much more than keeping your eyes on Jesus. This text is about understanding whose you are and how you walk, how you're undergirded, how God's spirit goes with you. Can we just go back to the first of the text? Jesus gathered his disciples and put them on a boat. Can we just stop right there? Jesus gathered what we know as the modern day church. The people Jesus put on the boat were the people who would establish the church as we know it. The people, the apostles. Jesus gathered Those who needed God's protection. Those who needed to be sheltered in place. And he sheltered them on the boat. He protected them on a wooden boat on the lake. He put them in a place where they would be safe from the storm. And then he took the responsibility and he cast them off into the water. Do you understand that God sends us into the world with protection around us? God sends us into the world undergirded with God's spirit. God knows us and knows what's in our lives. And God walks with us in everything we do. Jesus surrounded the disciples, men and women alike, and put them on the boat. And said, y'all go for a little while. Get away. Get on out on the water. Get some rest. Revive your spirit. Breathe deeply. Know that you're taken care of. And then he went back and dismissed the crowd. The 5,000 men, plus all the women and kids. And so y'all go on. And where did he go? To the top of the mountain. To be with God. In both situations, The priority in the story is that we spend time with God, understanding how undergirded and sustained we are by God. How many of us take time in our lives amidst the pandemic, amidst the crisis, amidst the grief, amidst the illness, amidst the pressures of working, amidst being away from our families? How many of us take time to be undergirded by God? How many of us face everyday challenges knowing that God goes with us and it will be God's spirit who is represented in what we do if we choose to? If we choose to. 
the little man stepped out on the monkey bars, choosing to do it himself. And when he landed on the ground, he did what most little boys do at that age. I can't do it. You ever seen that? Have you ever said that? I can't do it. I'm just not strong enough. I can't do it yet. And I'm going to tell you, I prayed for a man to come love my daughter. And on this moment, my prayers were answered. Because I was in the background watching. And I watched this young father gather up his son and take him to the ladder and put him back on the ladder and lift him up and convince the young man to try it again. Convince the young man that whatever he did, whatever happened in the next effort he tried to get across those monkey bars, that his daddy would be with him. That his daddy was going to walk with him from each rail, one rail to the next rail. And you know what I watched? I watched the little boy reach out and grab that first rung with a big smile on his face. And he grabbed that second rung with a big smile on his face. And he grabbed that third rung with a concerned look on his face. Because you see, that's as far as he had ever been before. That was his safety zone. That's what he was comfortable with. That's all he knew he could do. He had never been to rung number four. Are you like that? Do you get stuck just going where you know to go? Or do you get stuck just walking that familiar path? The one that's easy, you know the results, you know what it's going to be like, you know what the consequences are going to be, but you're not willing to step out and reach out a little farther? And I loved what I saw. He reached out for number four. And instinctively, instinctively, his father reached up like this. You see, his father knew that's where he fell. His father knew that was his weak moment. And he reached up just to allow the little boy to know that he was there. That he was there. Isn't that what we need to do? God shelters us and puts us in place and pushed us out to the world and says, spend time with me, spend time with me. And then something happens in our lives. We come in here. I, Y'all love this sanctuary? I love this sanctuary. I love to look at it from back there and look this way. I just think it's beautiful and God's presence is big in here. And we like this sheltered place. But when we go outside those doors, any of you face any struggles last week? I mean, I dealt with people who face struggles. I got phone calls. I got text messages. You know, even though I wasn't around all week, I still was dealing with what was going on in the world. And there's struggles going on. It's like the disciples, Jesus put them on the boat and cast them out. And then what happened? Life happened. Please hear me say that. A storm came up. Anybody have a life without storms? I don't see any hands. Storms are a part of our life. Storms are a part of what makes life unique. And it's how we travel in those storms. That defines who we are. I'm not saying be big, strong, and bold and blast your way through the storm. What I'm saying is that when the storms hit, we can't forget who put us in that sheltered place. We can't forget who it is that protects us and walks with us and created us and breathes in us and sustains us and goes with us every day of our life. 
We can't forget that image of, of, of a father reaching up to, to sustain his son as he reached from one rung on the monkey bars to another rung on the monkey bars. That's the way God is with us in our lives. And the storm came, and what did the disciples do? The boat started to rock. Anybody ever have a boat rock in your life? You've been devastated. Your world's gone black. Something's happening. You're sick. You've lost family members. What? You lost your job. You think your kids are acting up. Whatever's happening, your business is going broke, whatever's happening. And the boat begins to rock. And we, our nature as human beings, is that we go like this. We turn inward. We start batting down the hatches, right? We start saying, oh, wait a minute. Mm-mm. I got to take care of me. And we panic. And we forgot who built the boat. We forgot who commanded us to get on the boat. We forgot who's on the mountaintop praying for us while we're away. We've forgotten about the spirit that sustains us in the midst of a pandemic. As our world changes and things are are so much different, we've forgotten all that and we get scared and we go and we shelter our place in our own little place. And we abandon the God who loves us. In the midst of the storm, they cried out. The winds were blowing. The seas were rough. I'll never forget as a boy. I grew up in the panhandle of Texas, and there's a big lake about like Pat Mays up there. It's called Lake Meredith. But when a storm comes on Lake Meredith, the rule is, and panhandle folk know it, you get off the lake. We had a long pontoon boat. It was about 24 feet long, and we called it the Seattle, and that's a whole long story. But one day we were out there, and I was, as a young boy, and my mother didn't like the water. And we were out there, and we were on there. And the wind got up and the lake began to white cap. And we were way out in the middle of the lake. And I remember my mother's words to this day. My dad was captaining the boat. And she turned to him and she said, Dan Loving, you get us off this lake now. She wanted out of the storm. How many of us are like that? Storm comes to blow up and we're like, I got to get out of this storm. And we panic. And what's the quickest way we can get out? We don't try to sustain ourselves through God. We're just looking for the parachute. We're trying to get off of there, put the boat on the trailer. Let's get back on solid ground. We don't want to walk in this storm anymore. How many of you are like that? Like my little boy who fell. He says, I just can't do this. I don't want to do this anymore. And God says, hey, here he comes. You in a storm? Okay. I'll just walk across this water and show you what's going on. I just can't fathom what they saw. I mean, no, no wonder they were scared. What would be your reaction if you saw the physical presence of Jesus coming across the water in your life? God shows up in the way God knew to show up. He met him right there in the middle of the crisis. God walked across the water right to where the boat was. Didn't say, throw me a line. Didn't say, you know, God, if if you'll just start rowing, you'll make it this way. Or fire up that motor and get over here. Cast your sails into the wind. Let's go. No. God walked straight across the water to where the storm was affecting the people that God loved. And God acted. Can we remember that? Can we remember that as people of God, that no matter where our life goes, no matter what we do in our lives, no matter where God's placed us, no matter what God's doing in our lives, that God is with us. And God sustains us and God will not leave us. Take heart. 
They're shaking. They're sweating. They can't hardly breathe. And he says, take heart. I don't know what that means. I mean, like, be relieved or check your pulse. Take a deep breath. Whatever that means, he says, take heart. Take a self-evaluation. Get a hold of yourself. It's okay. You know, have you ever seen somebody slap somebody that was in the middle of hysteria? Brings them back to reality? It's because it shocks the system. Jesus said, take heart. And then he says this in the text, and I love this. In the midst of the storm, when all's going well, I mean, all going bad, Jesus tells them, one, remember who you are. Take heart. Take an evaluation of who you are. Remember who you are. You are God's. God created you. God formed you. God breathed life in you in your mother's womb. Take heart. And then he said this to them. It is I. Now, that's in the NIV translation. If you'll go back to the original Greek, Jesus said, I am. That's a pure translation of the Greek. Jesus said, I am. Do you know that that's the official name for God? That when God commanded Moses to go and speak to Israel and go down the mountain and give the commandments, Moses, like all people, he said, uh, yeah, who am I going to say said this? Right? Tell me your name. I mean, come on. If you're sending me down there to be a messenger, I need some clout behind it, right? I'm going to speak to your people, but could you please just tell me who said? And what's translated in the Hebrew says, I am who I am. And so he's got that. So Jesus, everybody on that boat understands when Jesus says, I am, that it is God's presence that's with him. It's like us saying God, Jewish people saying Yahweh. I, I am here. I am who I am. Take heart. Remember who you are. Take a self-evaluation of where you are. I am. I am with you. I am here. I have you. Whatever form of be. But God's presence was real with them in the midst of the storm. In the midst of the storm. Do we recognize that? Do we recognize that? And God proves God's self over and over again in our lives to be with us in the midst of the storm. When we want to get caught up in the grief of a storm or the pressures of a storm or the broken relationships of a storm, God says, wait a minute. You're still mine. Whatever's happening in your life, you're still mine. And I am. I'm the one who made you. I'm the one who breathed in you. I'm the one who taught you everything you know. His daddy stood there with open arms to catch him in case he fell. And he started to reach out. And guess what happened? He fell. But he never hit the ground. His daddy caught him and he moved him just a little further and said, reach up. And that little boy reached up and he grabbed the next rung as his daddy held his sides. And I just smiled and I said, God, thank you for this young man. Thank you for a father who loves his son enough to do exactly what this man's doing. And Peter, bold as Peter was, said, oh, yeah, watch. I'm jumping at this opportunity. How many of you do? God calls you. God sustains you. God proves God's self to you. You're like, okay, I'm on fire. Let's go. And we jump out of the boat and we want to walk on the water just like God's. Can I just tell you one thing? You're not God. 
So don't do what God does. God will sustain you to do what you are capable of doing and what God has called you to do. It will be outside of your normal understanding of who you are. Peter stepped out of the boat, said, Lord, if that's really you, tell me to come to you. And That's no big thing for God. Come on. Jesus said, come on. You want to be engaged in this ministry? Come on. You want to be engaged in this business? Come on. You want to help those people? Come on. You want to be a person who can sustain others in grief? Come on. God's waiting for us to say, can I come to you? Can I be a part of that? And God says, yes, come on. Come on, because I want you to live a wholehearted life. Do not be afraid. Step out of the boat. Step out of the boat knowing, number one, you will fail. Anybody ever tried something and been completely successful at it? First time? Not me. Not me at all. I remember the first time I ever kicked a ski when I was slalom skiing. Looked like Superman on the end of a rope. Fat man flying through there. It was not a pretty sight. It was a worse landing. Kicked that ski. Off I went. It was the joke of the day. It gave people good humor. But I failed. When that little boy fell off the monkey bars, he failed in his mind. But he got back up. And so instead of giving Peter grief about not focusing on Jesus, what we have to understand in this story, it was God who rescued Peter. Just like God will rescue us whenever we're going through, if we'll be sustained and contained and remember who we are in God, God will always be there to stick God's hand down and grab our arm and lift us back up. God will always be there to hold God's hands up and guide us to the next rung in life. God will always be with us to help us live a wholehearted life. This weekend, he turned six. And so we had an old-fashioned birthday party. We didn't rent the coolest building. We didn't go to the greatest venue. We went to the park. And we set up a table. Set up the table right by the playground. And the kids came And the relatives came, and we piled on white and chocolate cupcakes with blue icing. And we had presents everywhere. And those kids ran and played. And I looked over at the playground. And the monkey bars were 12 rungs. Big boy monkey bars. And they were 8 feet in the air. And what I noticed was the birthday boy was climbing the ladder. And I looked at the birthday boy's dad, and he looked at me. And I looked at the birthday boy's dad, again, wondering if Papa needed to get up and go sustain some things. And his daddy just went like this. It's okay, Papa. He's going to be fine. And that big boy swung all 12 rungs. And he climbed down the other ladder. You see, he had faced his fears. He had failed and been sustained by his own father. And he had learned by the practice in his backyard how to do what it is he was called to do. Can't we as people of God take a lesson from Peter? Take a lesson from a six-year-old? To not be afraid? To take heart in who we are and know that we are God's people? 
and that in life there are going to be storms, but we have a God who will sustain us. And as we grow from those storms and we begin to move out and to be more than who God has, more than who we thought we would ever be because God is calling us to a new place, that God will be there. God will walk with us in our life. And to use the words of Brene Brown, we will live a wholehearted life, full of life, full of love, and full of joy. This day, let us step out in faith and be who it is God has called us to be. Amen and amen. God calls us to a place 